This is BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now here's your hosts, Jerem Jordan and Dennis Pitta. Whoa, 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 what? BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in studio being presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter, BYU fans everywhere. It's Monday, April 26, 2021. I, d- I did not know that Dennis Pitta was going to be here. Is this... Was Jimmer not available? Was Blaine not available? Was Shep not available? What's up? Really? What's up, Dennis? Listen, Hello, our, our producer Ben told me I would not have to do a show with you. This was supposed to be Spencer. I agreed to it. He had baseball. When it was Spencer. Yeah, it got rescheduled. I did not agree to being on the show with Jerem. I need somebody in my ear. What's going on? Is John, is John Beck, Max Hall? No. no okay. So, well, since we're here. Where we, is Spencer. He had baseball, but it got rescheduled. Yeah. I think Spencer was the one that's like, "Yeah, I want two days off." This is our. Isn't this the 2000 show? Aren't we doing? I thought Spencer and I were doing the 2000 show that together. Was, that was Friday. Was that not was no one else available? Friday. Okay, listen. Yeah, it was Friday. Behind per the norm. Um, we have an hour, I guess, that we have to do here. So, do we have a ceasefire? Can we just like do the show? Or, I mean, you tell me. I mean, you're the one that takes all the shots. I'm just well. We have you're time on the show today, every day. Apparently. Yeah, apparently we have time. Okay, and we, we will have time. You know what? I'll agree to that. I'll agree to a ceasefire. I can be civil for one during yeah. this as long as you can. I'm not sure I can, but I'll try for one hour. But that's okay. it. And no that's touching it. of and the hair after we face. We go back to being and that's it. Mortal enemies. <laughs> mortal Kombat came out over the weekend. HBO Max. Okay, here's your show lineup. <laughs> apparently with Dennis Pitta. Zach Wilson to the Jets, three more days away. How do we feel about the pairing with the Jets? Matt Bushman on his favorite tight end in BYU history. Was it Dennis or his father-in-law, Chad Lewis, or someone else? Gabby Garcia-Fernandez of BYU Men's Volleyball joins the program to discuss getting the number two overall seed in the NCAA tournament. Congrats to the Cougs. And not one, but two sub-four-minute miles on Saturday in Provo. Are you kidding me? Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Dennis. Men's volleyball swept Pepperdine on Saturday to win the MPSF tourney. John Stanley gets after it. Nice serve. Handled well. Steal blocked. Oh. For Dvorak, and he is roofed by Cardini. BYU has defeated Pepperdine in three to win the 2021 MPSF championship. Jerem, they let you call that one? Regardless, yes, for the last 13 the years, title is BYU. <laughs> Don't interrupt me. The title is BYU's eighth conference title in program history. The win secured the Cougars the number two seed in the NCAA tourney. They will have a bye into the semifinals where they will either face Penn State, Belmont Abbey, or Lewis. It's probably going to be Lewis. Congratulations to the Cougs. Again, we'll talk to Gabby Garcia Fernandez coming up. Baseball loses at Gonzaga 2 1 and 7 3. BYU is supposed to play Arizona State today. Uh, but that game was moved due to weather. Tomorrow, 1.30 Eastern on the BYU TV app. And softball extends their win streak to 16 games after sweeping San Diego this weekend. Martha Epinesa goes 5 of 6 in the series with two home runs, five RBIs, and Autumn Moffitt Korth pitched two complete games, winning both. The women put their win streak on the line tomorrow in the Crosstown Clash against UVU. They're on fire, man. Okay, the Coolahan wins West Coast Conference Player of the Year for the second straight year. Coolahan, along with Cameron Tucker and Rachel McCarthy, were named to the West Coast Conference first team 
Jamie Shepard is on the second team, and the most honorable of mention goes to Josie Jelilich. And I'm a big track and field guy, and track and field finished strong at the Robinson Invitational, including Casey Klinger and Lucas Bonds running sub four-minute miles. Whoa! That is impressive. The women's 4x4 relay team also set a school record with a time of 3.36.56. That's amazing. More women faster than you, Jerem. Oh, oh, they dominate me, man. Like every athlete. Yeah, they were amazing. Uh, Glad you recognize that. (laughs) Women's golf finished uh, in third place at the West Coast Conference Championship Saturday, losing to Gonzaga. Bummer because they were leading through the first couple of rounds. Alicia May Mateo finished tied for fourth or fifth top five finish this year. Naomi Suifua also finished tied for fourth. She had a career-best 50-year-old score of 224. Can we offer a golf clap after uh, after golf headline? We used to, we used to do God, that. Golf's such a good sport. You don't do that anymore? Okay. We'll move it on. We'll keep it moving. Uh, Carson Lundell and men's golf finished third in the Cougar Classic. Lundell finished tied for first, shooting 13 under par. BYU now heads to Henderson, Nevada to participate in the WCC Tourney from April 29th to May 1st. And Kyle Collins deserves worth... another golf clap. Oh, okay. Yeah, let's go. Oh, it's just me? No, oh, there we go. And no, Kyle Collinsworth records him. two triple doubles this weekend for the Seahorses, uh, Makawa in Japan, had a 20-22-12 and a 15-13-12. How about that? Kyle Collinsworth doing what Kyle Collinsworth does. All rise and shout out. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Thursday night, BYU history will be made. Zach Wilson anticipated to be the highest drafted Cougar in history. He's just got to be in the top four to do that. More than likely to the New York football, uh, the Jets there. Report came out last week from NFL Network in an interview with John Beck stating the Wilson family had reached out to former Jet quarterbacks to talk to them about the experience with the Jets. So, Dennis, do you think Zach Wilson is concerned about going to the Jets or just doing his due diligence? Uh, I would be concerned. (laughs) I mean, this is last year. The 2020 Jets were arguably one of the worst football teams in the history of of the NFL. There was numerous polls that had them ranked right there with some of the worst teams. I mean, you think of the lions when they went 0 and 16 and a handful of other teams that are just awful teams. I mean, that's what he's inheriting. He's inheriting a roster. That's not very good. Granted, they have made some, some changes, much needed changes at the head coach position. And who knows what Robert Sala will bring to the table. I I personally think he's going to do a great job. Um, I think he's got a pedigree of, 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 you know, great coaches that he's learned from. I think he has done a tremendous job with his defenses in the 49ers. And he brings kind of a a stable leadership type quality to an organization that quite frankly needs it. And so um, I I don't know that this would be my top choice if I were Zach Wilson, but it doesn't look like he has much choice in the matter to begin with. But um, I would be concerned. I I, I really think I would. Wouldn't you, Jerem? Yeah, I'm a little concerned. I think that we are all hoping... Um, as a defense mechanism that the Jets are good because we want to see Zach succeed. Listen, there's risk in being the number two pick in the NFL draft. It's awesome right now. But if Zach Wilson does not succeed, this could be a tough thing on the program. We sort of ignore and don't talk about, you know, Rafael Araujo from BYU and Men's Hoops because he was the eighth pick and he was a bust. It was, it was tough. We loved the guy, but we didn't love the performance. And frankly, to some degree with uh, our boy Jimmer Fredette, like, he had a, uh, you know, okay uh, career in the NBA. He's been really good, of course, overseas. But it's like, if you're a high pick, you got to bring it, you know? So 
the Niners certainly would be a better fit. And it's a team that is a quarterback away from being in the Super Bowl again. They had a bunch of injuries, obviously, early on, including to Jimmy Garoppolo, who just wasn't the same kind of guy. And obviously, Bosa and a bunch of other guys, running backs and whatnot. So I, we're hoping the fat-free Niners, uh, the Jets, are decent um, and that they can build. But I, I don't know, man. Like, historically, certain franchises in the NFL, and you talked about it, you look at them and you go, okay, it's, it's hard to create a winner there now. It's like the Raiders aren't the 70s, 80s Raiders. You know what I mean? And the Browns have certainly come out of it, obscurity last year, winning a game, um, you know, impressively at Pittsburgh. But you were in the league. You know there's certain franchises that, like, you know, when you're, when you're coming into the league and when you're in the league, you don't want to say anything. But after it's like, oh, gosh, that was a dumpster fire. Yeah, and, and shockingly, there's a lot of teams like that. And, and unfortunately, it, it starts from the top. When you have ownership and management and, and a front office that has been dysfunctional for a long time, and I, and I do believe the Jets have been fairly dysfunctional for, for the last decade or so, um, it's tough. It's tough to overcome. It's tough for coaches to come in and succeed. It's certainly tough for players to come into that environment and succeed. It, it's the trickle-down effect from top to bottom. And uh, I was fortunate enough to play for uh, an organization that was unbelievable from ownership to front office to general manager to head coach. And it was a stable organization. It was an organization that put um, performance and, and the players first. And you don't see that everywhere. And uh, the Jets have just not proven to be that. They've proven to be dysfunctional. They've proven to, to kind of be a mess at the top. And that has trickled down and not allowed the players to to succeed um, on the field. And uh, listen, they haven't done well in the draft for a handful of years. Now, I do like the GM they have there right now. Joe Douglas was yeah. um, a scout with the Ravens and a guy that I know personally and a guy that I know learned a lot from Ozzie Newsome and has kind of that um, that same mentality going into the draft. And uh, I, I just, I, I like what they're doing. I think they're trending in the right direction. I like the pieces that they're putting in place. Um, they finally, I think, figured out the general manager. They, I, I hope that they figured out the head coach. I think I do believe in Robert Sala, um, but you never know. I mean, great defensive coordinators are oftentimes not good head coaches, and that's just the reality of the NFL. And so um, that's still yet to be seen. So, I, and from a roster standpoint, I just think it's difficult because they don't have a lot of weapons on the outside. Now they added Corey Davis, the wide receiver from Tennessee, who I, you know, was was underwhelming with Tennessee as a as a first round pick, a top ten selection by them several years ago, but um, they have Jamison Crowder. They, there's just not a lot of weapons, you know, around Zach to really help them. They don't really have a great tight end. They don't have any running backs that I've ever heard of. Um, who knows what their offensive line is. And <clears throat> for a young quarterback, I think offensive line is critical Yeah. because if he's back there running for his life, which he didn't have to do at all this past season. <laughs> I mean, one of the knocks on Zach right now coming out is, it was just very easy for him. He had all day to throw. He had a great offensive line. He was able to, to do whatever he wanted back there, had all kinds of time. And that I don't think will be the case when he gets to New York. And so it's going to be um, an uphill battle for him to be able to handle that pressure in the pocket and also the pressure outside the building with uh, the New York media and all that goes into that. Yeah, that's certainly a question mark, right, is, is being at BYU is one thing. And there's a lot of media here compared to – even Power <clears throat> 5 teams, frankly, but it's not like New York. Um, so 
I, I, I think he's ready for that. But I hope that, yeah, the weapons around him are good. And that's – I didn't know Joe, uh, yeah, was a scout for the Ravens. He certainly did great things with the Eagles, yeah. right? And it's, it's a new front office. It's a new coaching staff. Michael LaFleur in that system from the Niners is something that Zach had said prior um, to the draft with us like a month or two ago that he was comfortable with the Niners system. And John Beck had uh, Kyle Shanahan in that group with uh, the Washington football team. And so John's been an influence in that way. So I, I like that stuff. Also, Steve Young brought up a great point on Friday, which was the 2000th show, if you didn't know, Dennis. Greg Knapp, <laughs> Steve's quarterback coach with the Niners in the early 2000s, is actually a passing game specialist with the Jets. So there's a connection there that spans the BYU QB generations, which is gnarly. And, in fact, Steve had this to say about the Jets on Friday. But things are in place that if I was Mike Wilson, uh, Zach's dad, as I've told him many times, things are in place to get better and to give him a chance and to give him the support that he needs. And so that's really from where they were a year ago. That's best case scenario right now. Yeah, and, and it's not as good as the Niners uh, setup right now. I mean, historically, that front office is awesome. They have a great culture there. The Jets is going to be have to be some things to overcome there. But Zach's too good. Like, he was too good to go past two, and that's a good problem, I suppose, for Zach and his uh, wallet. It, it is a good problem, but – and I think you, you, you hear Steve talking there, and I think everybody in Zach's camp is trying to convince themselves – you know what? The, New York's not that bad of a place. They got a good system coming in. <laughs> That's got scary a, justification. They got a good head coach. They're they're trending in the right direction, and and you want to tell yourself those kind of things because you want to be positive in this situation. But when you actually look at the Jets and their track record, and and, and mostly their track record with quarterbacks. I mean, over the last yeah. couple of decades since since Joe Namath, have they? Can you name very many franchise quarterbacks that they've had? I mean, Vinny Testaverde had some good years. You have. Mark Sanchez was I mean, good enough to get to two title games in the AFC, but yeah, he I mean, wasn't they were, like they were largely the led way. by the defense. But Mark Sanchez, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean he, he did get them to two title games, which is a big deal. Your boy, um, yeah, yeah, it's tough. But it just, like Brett Favre, it, it, the track record's not there. Hospice Brett Favre was there for a minute, you know. But yeah, Brett Favre, <laughs> that was not his finest hour with the Jets. But um, it, it just has not been a track record of being able to to develop quarterbacks and make them into franchise guys. And so I, I just, I have a lot of reservations um, just, just diving full in with the jets and, and thinking it's going to be this great positive situation. It's going to be, you know, this, this awesome offense and system. Listen, there, most of the teams around the league right now are implementing some form of this offense. I mean, the, the Mike Shanahan um, tree has, is just engulfed the NFL. I, I played in that same offense under Gary Kubiak um, and, and, Kyle Shanahan was under Gary. I and mean, there's just so many different uh, teams that run that kind of an offense. And it, you know, it's a great system and, and rightfully so a lot of teams want to implement it, but um, it, it's so much more than the system <laughs> for Zach to be able to be successful. And um, I, I just, I, I love the optimism. I really do. And, and I would be saying the same things if I were talking to Zach and, and all that. Um, but it's a tough situation. It is tough to win in the NFL, especially when you're coming into a roster as depleted over the past few years as New York has been. And perhaps this is a defense mechanism from all of us just to try and make the best of the situation. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll talk about it continuing throughout the show. Okay, our question of the day. How do you feel about Zach Wilson playing for the New York Jets? Let's hear from you in Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. 
Lincoln Hamaker on Instagram, crying on the inside, excited to see him change the Jets. That plays into what we were talking about, right? Yeah, you're going to need to change them, that's for sure. Yeah, Change is needed. Scott Solberg on Twitter, if the Jets are the team, and they are, it's probably the best situation to be in with that franchise. New coaching staff, he's the QB they want, new additions to the offense, second first-round pick to build around him. Fresh start is better than fixing an old unfixable situation and that's the thing that I don't think it's unfixable but it certainly has its issues right so it'll be interesting to see and now all of a sudden BYU fans are like looking at the whole Jets roster you know I don't I don't look at the whole Niners roster when I think about Fred Warner but when it's a quarterback you're like okay is this going to work yeah you have to I mean quarterback is the most important position in all of football and so you have to have pieces around you have to have an offensive line in my opinion I mean they, they do have that second first round pick and, you know, you've seen a, a number of different mock drafts. I've seen um, the wide receiver from Florida, Tony, uh, in, in that position, yep. which would be a great, great weapon for Zach on the outset. I, I personally think you got to get the best offensive lineman in that spot. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to, you have to bolster the offensive line. You have to build from the inside out. That, that would always be, um, you know, my perspective as a, as a general manager, but that's just me. Who knows? Yeah. Okay. Coming up. Uh, what hasn't uh, Zach Wilson signed with a sponsorship deal yet? And we're joined by Honey Hands himself, a tight end almost as great as myself, Matt Bushman. (laughs) I don't really mean that. Matt's way better than me. (laughs) This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Well, we were supposed to see a BYU-Arizona State game today due to weather. That's being pushed to tomorrow, 1.30 Eastern, on the BYU TV app. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. I'm Jeremy Jordan alongside Dennis Petta. What? We've broken, uh, you know, bread. Here we are. We're hanging out. Uh, you know, no missiles launched. Cease fire during this thing. Uh, but we need to bring in someone who's really interesting to talk to. Matt Bushman on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. A couple of tight ends, and I'm just here hanging out. Matt, what's up, man? How you feeling on uh, draft week? Feeling good. Feeling confident. Just uh, excited to see what happens in, in a few days. And look, Matt, I'm here, but I, I want this to be more about, you know, you and Dennis in this thing. So, Dennis, what, what do you want to ask Matt? Because I know you guys have chatted, even worked out in Arizona. Yeah, well, first off, Matt, great to see you. What, it was about a month or so ago, maybe two months, where we met up out here in Arizona and got to work out and chat a little bit. Um, so let me preface that by saying, with our producer, I tried to get this segment, just you and I, called Tight Ends with Tight Ends. <laughs> and I thought that was a pretty clever title. Um, Jaron insisted that he was in this Jerem segment. With and an so M, he's, by the way. What did I say? Jaron? I'm not Jaron. Your name's not relevant. Well, your name's not we as relevant as Matt Bushman right now. I get that, but you know, we can just, we're, we can still, uh, we're still mortal enemies away from this. Listen, he insisted to be in this segment, so he's going to kind of third wheel it. I, it's uncomfortable. <laughs> I get it, but let's just chat you and A right now. But last time I saw Let's you, we tried to kind of do some drills and stuff. You weren't quite physically there yet. Where, where are you physically? And I, we saw you at Pro Day. You looked great. You caught the ball tremendously well. Where do you feel like you're at percentage-wise going into the draft this week? Yeah, I mean, I'd say I'm close to 100, if not if not 100% right now. I'm, I'm feeling super good. Uh, yeah, in Arizona, I was I was a little overly confident when I met with you and couldn't 
do all my cutting quite yet, but hey, I was able to do what I could at, at Pro Day and I, I felt good about it. So yeah, I'm I'm feeling really good. Dennis, are you okay if I ask a question now or yeah, go ahead. I mean, you're you're here. You might as well. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Aren't you the visitor you're welcome. of this program, Matt? Um, certainly, if Not you had today. if you had played last year, yeah, I, I think you're going to be a draft pick. Do you feel the same thing? And and what's that that battle been like to sort of reemerge on draft boards where it's like I'm I'm still here and I'm good to go and I'm going to be an asset for your team. Yeah, I mean, I think one thing was to show that I'm healthy and and good to go at pro day. And I think after that, I was able to, you know, coaches, coaches know film and they know what to see on tape. So they see that I can catch the ball and make plays. And I think just from the calls that I've had, they, they see me as an option and I don't have a ton of expectations. I'm not like I'm getting drafted here, here, here. I'm just, I'm here for the ride. Whatever happens, happens. And I'm grateful for the opportunity. Matt, Here's uh, being a player. I know this is difficult, but I want you to assess yourself. Um, look at your strengths and your weaknesses. What, what do you think you can add value to a team with as far as your strengths go right away? And, and what are some of those areas of your game you think you kind of need to work on or, or, or improve at to really become a high level tight end at the next level? Yeah. I mean, a lot of coaches ask, that same thing in, in zooms. And I just confidently say, I feel like I have some of the best hands in this, in this draft class. I mean, I, I have, I catch the ball naturally. Um, I can catch it in traffic, catch it when I'm open, you know, that's, that's what I do. And I'm what I'm my bread and butter. I feel like, but uh, I tell them the same thing. The stuff that I'm working on is just hip mobility so that I can finish blocks better so that I can, you know, have better leverage at the point of attack and, create separation also in man-to-man situations and I mean coaches agree with that so that's been that's kind of been my answer during this process. Dennis do you want to give him any pointers on hip mobility? (laughs) Uh, Well played Jerem. My (laughs) hip mobility is quite good these days so I have I have uh, no real pointers. Okay. But Um, those, those are good things to work on. Matt you never really got to your weaknesses. I mean I I understand, you know, you don't have many, but I think, you know, part of being a, a good player at the next level is understanding what your weaknesses are. So break down some of your weaknesses, because this is always easy to do in front of a live audience. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, kind of like I said, I did, when coaches ask, you don't want to tell them straight up, hey, I, I'm not good at this. I suck at this. That's <laughs> why I kind of say my hip mobility is something that I'm working on because I do have stiff hips and it it affects uh, you know, just loading power in my blocking ability. So um, that's what I'm working on as a weakness is just blocking at the point of attack, um, keeping a base when I'm blocking. And also, like I said, just like creating separation of man-to-man situations. Um, when people are pressed up on me, I think I can do a better job of being more patient and selling the, selling the release a little bit more. So that's what I've been working on during this time. We're talking to Matt Bushman on BYU Sports Nation. I, I think I've discovered the answer to that question when someone asks you what your weakness is, like in a job interview in that situation. You, something like, and, and you gave a great answer, uh, but I care too much, almost to the detriment of my family. I might be here too often. Like, that, that you know, yeah. it, like I, I think I'm joking around with that, but it, it is interesting to see that. Okay, so what yeah, kind of, think, 
I think coaches kind of see that and they're like, all right, buddy, we've heard that. Or, you know, <laughs> they know what our weaknesses are already before the call and before yeah. the questions asked. So if you give an honest answer, I think they respect that. Yeah, totally. So what kind of interest are you getting? Because obviously you have great connections from being on draft boards, you know, a couple of years ago, obviously father-in-law Chad is well connected. BYU has, has been very visible in this draft. We're going to have a bunch of guys drafted here. It's going to be awesome. So what kind of interest are you getting right now? Yeah. I mean, it's hard to know what exactly my status is in the draft and everything, but I I've had a lot of calls with coaches, zooms, tight ends coaches. Um, I've talked with, I'd say almost every team in the, in the league. So I feel good about it. Whatever happens, I, I know teams are interested. Dennis, Matt, have you, you talked to anybody from the Ravens? I had a, I had a little conversation with the tight ends coach from the Ravens and uh, yeah, it'd be, it'd be a cool, I think it'd be a cool fit. They like to use a tight end. They do like to use a tight end. I I'm always curious, you know, I used to play for the Ravens. I don't know if you knew that Matt. Um, but listen, I would love <laughs> secretly. I would love if you got to play for the Ravens because the tight end coach, there's Bobby Ingram. He was a coach there. He wasn't my tight ends coach, but he was the wide receivers coach when I was there. Awesome. Awesome guy. You can't quite say that about every coach around the NFL, but I know Bobby Ingram and he is awesome. You would be lucky to be able to play for him and, and that great organization. That being said, the draft is this weekend. What are your plans for this week? What are you, uh, where are you going to be watching it? Uh, what's going on? Are you, are you nervous? Are you excited? What's your, what's your plan? Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be pretty low key for me. I mean, if I was a Zach Wilson prospect, I'd maybe throw a party or be at the draft, but I'm just going to, I'm just going to be at my, my condo with my wife and with my parents and um, my in-laws might stop by for a little bit, but yeah, it's going to be pretty low key and I'm just going to, just going to wait and see what happens. I'd like to take a moment to give Dennis the floor. And Dennis, I want to get your evaluation of Matt because you're a guy that obviously is in the pantheon of great tight ends here. It hurts me to say that. but um, And Matt, you are too. You're one of the best that have ever played here. So, Dennis, what did you see from Matt in his career that lends itself to success at the next level? Because this guy's certainly an NFL tight end. Yeah, and I absolutely agree with that. I do think Matt is an NFL caliber tight end. And, and he hit it on the head. I think his greatest strengths are his ability to catch the football, no matter the situation, to be able to high point the ball, to be able to catch in traffic. Um, he's got unbelievable hands. And so whenever coaches ask that, you know, that's the first thing you say. And I would 100% agree with that. And that's easy to see on film because the, the myriad of catches you were able to make throughout your career, um, difficult catches, catches outside of your frame. I mean, those are catches those are big time catches that translates to any level. And uh, that will be your greatest weapon. And Matt and I, we, we sat and talked, you know, for quite a while on the field uh, a month or so ago. And we talked about kind of, you know, how to, how to make your mark on an NFL team, how to add value to the roster. And one of the things that we talked about was special teams. Do you remember that Matt? And especially yeah. being a later drafted guy, potentially an undrafted guy coming into an NFL training camp, you have to make your mark on special teams. And uh, that was never anything that I excelled at, but I had to. Um, I was a fourth round pick. I was the second tight end taken in that draft by the Ravens that year. And so I was buried on the depth chart. 
And the only way I was ever going to see the field was on special teams. And so for me, it was all about doing whatever you were asked to do. I was uh, a right tackle on punt protection. I was the wing on field goal. I was, um, you know, the left guard on, on punt return, all kinds of different stuff, stuff. I never did at BYU stuff. I wasn't accustomed to doing stuff that wasn't necessarily right in my wheelhouse and didn't fit a lot of my strengths as a player. Um, but you got to do whatever you got to do. And I think Matt, one of your greatest strengths is your understanding of and willingness to do whatever you got to do to see the field. And, uh, you, you know, that's what it's going to take. And I, I just think, I, I think you can be a great player at the next level. I've seen a lot of tight ends, um, come and go in the NFL. And I think you have everything that it takes to excel at the next level, but you got to be willing to do the dirty work, especially early on in your career to get that opportunity. Yeah, for sure. Jeremy, is that, that coming is, from. That, is that what you wanted? That was, that was great. Matt, what did you think? No, I just, I, I appreciate that coming from someone that's made it and had such a great career at BYU and the NFL. So yeah, I mean, I didn't play a crazy amount of special teams, but from who I've talked to, I understand that's that's a necessity. So um, I'm going to try to be best friends with that special teams coach, whoever it may be. Matt, who's your favorite tight end in BYU history? BYU history? Um, <laughs> Isaac Red. <Rett. laughs> that's well played. Hey, I, I have a funny story about <laughs> Isaac Rex, actually. So this is when Matt and I were working out together down here. Matt, do you remember this? I showed you a text yeah. I got from Isaac Rex. And I haven't talked I haven't spoken personally with Isaac Rex prior to this text. And and he sent it to me while I was working out with Matt. And so I was showing Matt and we were getting a good laugh at it. So he started the text and said, Hi, Dennis. This is Isaac Rex. I play tight end for BYU. And this is <laughs> this is just a couple weeks or months removed from setting freshman records at, at BYU as yeah. a tight end, like having arguably yeah. one of the greatest seasons ever as a, as a freshman, <laughs> a tight end, 12 touchdowns or whatever he had. Like, I had no idea who he was. Isaac Hi, who? Dennis, this is Isaac Rex. I, I play BYU, tight end at BYU. And I was just, I was dying laughing. Matt and I got a good chuckle out of it. And then <laughs> we ended up FaceTiming Isaac Rex after that because he wanted to chat and pick my brain about a, a couple stuff and so, or a couple things. And so Matt and I talked to him and it was a, it was a good time, but um, I think Isaac Rex might be my favorite tight end in BYU. I was worried you were going to say Chad Lewis and that would just be nepotism at its finest. I wouldn't. <laughs> That, that'd I mean, be like, you've already married yeah. his daughter. You don't need to suck up to him anymore. That'd be like you saying your favorite quarterback in BYU was Max, you know? Same idea. Yeah, and I would never do that. I would never say that, <laughs> right? Never, ever. We're talking to Matt Bushman on BYU Sports <laughs> Nation. Matt, it, when it comes to like the sixth or seventh round, certainly being drafted is something that I, I, I'm assuming you've dreamed of. But when it comes to like fit, obviously everyone talks about, well, fit is the best thing no matter when you're drafted. So is there any advantage to potentially being an undrafted free agent where you get more of a choice of where you go potentially? Yeah, I mean, obviously it's great to hear your name called on draft day, and that's something that everyone dreams of. But yeah, the more you learn about it, I mean, you want to go into a system that's not loaded with tight ends or to a system where there's a great quarterback or where they utilize a tight end. So, I mean, if it's a late round draft pick, hopefully I, I go into a system like that. Or if I do fall to an undrafted free agent, hopefully I have some options where I can pick from, you know, some great systems that I can 
hopefully have an impact, uh, an immediate impact on and, you know, get some playing time from the Joe. Well, for guys like you, things work out because you got skills and you work hard. So best of luck this weekend. We're super excited about whatever happens and we'll be uh, actively watching. Good luck and enjoy it, Matt. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Okay, that's Matt Bushman Good on luck, the Desert Matt. First Good to talk to you. Union Hotline. Uh, Desert First, you know why we show how. It also wraps up tight ends with tight ends. That was an amazing segment, Dennis. That was excellent. That was a good segment. It, it would have been better had we been able to remove the awkward third wheel and just talk tight ends with tight ends. Listen. But I get it. I get it. You feel like this is your show for some reason. So Sometimes you get a flat tire, which some of the questions were a little flat, so you need to spare. But anyway. Coming up, the reigning <laughs> on, national player of the year. Yeah, Gabby Garcia-Fernandez on the MPSF title and the number two overall seed in the NCAA tournament. And what else do we got? Two equally great sibling coaches, but two not-so-equal conference trophies. This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. Listen to BYU Sports Nation on demand by downloading the podcast. Just Google BYU Sports Nation podcast, subscribe, rate, and review. He is Dennis Pitta. I am Jerem Jordan. And for the first time ever, we are doing a show together. This is BYU Sports Nation. Let's whip it. Good Whip Round is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management, tackling America's most challenging shipping problem. All right, Jerem. Zach Wilson adds Traeger and Bose to his sponsorship portfolio. What needs to be his next announced sponsorship? I would think like Apple or Google would be pretty good, right? I'm thinking more food just so you guarantee that that's all coming in free. But I always wondered, by the way, with you, why you never had the Dennis Pitta Pita Pit. Um, I did, actually. <laughs> so... This was in college. This was while I was at BYU. Um, Pita Pit, right there, the one off in the corner of, what is it? I don't even remember the cross streets right there, but everybody knows what I'm saying. Bulldog yeah. and whatever. And University. Um, yeah, yeah. They ran a little special where if I scored a touchdown and you had to buy a T-shirt through Pita Pit, if I scored a touchdown, you would get a free Pita if you were wearing your T-shirt. Now, that lasted for like maybe a week, and they got completely shut down by compliance <laughs> because they weren't allowed to use my likeness or anything like that. Yes, so yes. for the one week that I had Pita Pit, mm. it was a heck of an endorsement. That is pretty good. Does Zach wow. need to add anything else? Um, first of all, I don't know how you add Google or Apple. I mean, are they just throwing out sponsorships to people like that? I don't know. If Nike, I've never heard of those ones. Yeah. Yeah, well, Nike's an apparel company. New, I was sponsored by Nike. Ground. Most most guys have Nike, Under Armour, Adidas, one of the one of the big three in apparel. Yeah. Um, listen, I would I, I love the Traeger one, by the way. I'm that a is, big Traeger that guy. Is nice. I would love that sponsorship. Traeger's awesome. Yeah. Um, I would say my wife would probably love like a Target sponsorship. Um, yeah. I like I, I could don like a Costco hat. Like I, I'm a big oh, Costco guy. Co- yeah, massive Costco guy. Yeah, absolutely. Like yeah. when crap hits the fan in the apocalypse, I'm not, I'm going to Costco. Like I'm going. I'm getting in. You know, I'm I'm going. Absolutely. Okay. Sean and Heather Olmstead both win their respective conferences in this year in volleyball. What's your greatest sibling accomplishment? <laughs> My siblings are going to hate me for this, but I don't know that. They've ever accomplished anything, and I've ever accomplished anything with them. I mean, (laughs) I have two older sisters. Um, 
One did not play a lot of sports. The other one was a pretty good athlete. Ran track, played played soccer in high school. Um, this is a tough question for me. They're gonna they're gonna really they're probably gonna watch this show and they're gonna really hate me. Like, oh, really? We've never accomplished anything. Really? You're the only one who's accomplished anything in our family. They they are great mothers to oh, heck yeah three kids each and. Uh, that's that's their biggest accomplishment. I would assume. I, yeah, my I don't know. My sister lives on 25 acres in West Virginia. That's random. And then my other sister accomplishment. just had a baby Saturday night. So shout out to my sister Lindsay and uh, my new nephew Milo Jordan Proud. So uh, nice job, nice job. Nice. All right, BYU softball has now won 16 straight games. Jerem, with 13 games left, are you wavering on your projection that the Cougars would lose prior to the end of the season? No, they're not going to win 29 in a row. That'd be amazing. They're BYU's playing high-level softball, which is awesome, and, and all on BYU TV or the BYU TV app. It's been fun to watch. Uh, they will lose a game or two before the end of the season, but they, they're going to go in hot into the NCAA tournament and hopefully get to the Super Regional. Yeah, it's so tough to win 16 straight softball games. I mean, I had a illustrious career as an intramural softball player, <laughs> and uh, I did win an intramural BYU intramural championship nice. as a softball player. Hey, so, so did I, I. I do have that. So we have one of each, and then you have one more of something that I don't have, which is a Super Bowl ring. But yeah, yeah. Well, slightly slightly bigger than an intramural championship. I think I got a T-shirt for the intramural championship. I should you, uh, I should be wearing my ring and, right and now. And you got a hat have... for the Super Bowl, you know. They gave me hat and I got a, a hat. I got a t-shirt. Right? I got, uh, yeah, I got a lot of things. I got a jumpsuit. I also got a, a jump, ring. A jumpsuit? Cool. Yeah. When you first get there, you get like this Super Bowl 47 jumpsuit that you're supposed to, to don the whole time you're there and walk around it and everything. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's an impressive uh, deal. Wear that next time. Okay. With the baseball yeah, game we'll tomorrow, do. I don't even know. Is, is Shep in or you and I have no idea. Okay. The Zach Wilson mural in downtown Provo is now complete. Dennis, where is your mural? Um, I think you drive by my mural every day on your way to work when you pass the stadium. I think it's like, what, oh, seven that? stories high? Oh, that? Hey, there it is. Oh, interesting. That mural. What a terrific graphic. It's not a mural. It's does like that, a banner. Does that cut you deep every time you drive by that? Is that difficult for you to look at? No. Well, I, every time I look at it, I'm like, oh, that's cool. His helmet stayed on. That's awesome. <laughs> my helmet was on for that yeah okay. my helmet fell off a lot in college it didn't Why? fall off as much in the nfl but i what happened i don't know i don't know i just it just would slide off i don't know how people keep their helmet on to be completely and your honest. hair was always like perfectly done too i was like how is that even possible well that's that's always the case yeah. you never want to have you know be on camera with bad hair it's like, it's, you don't have to tell me twice okay coming Somehow up you're okay with it but i'm not <laughs> you're talking about the other guy a rise and shout out to two four minute mile guys. How about that? Nice. And he's a contender for the ABCA player of the year again. Gabby Garcia Fernandez joins the show. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU men's volleyball, MPSF champs headed to the NCAA tournament. In case you missed it, the semifinals and final are on demand on the BYU TV app and BYUTV.org. Go back and enjoy it whenever you want. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation, live from Studio B. 
Jerem Jordan in Provo, Dennis Pitta somewhere in Arizona. I don't even know where you're at. Uh, our question of the day. How do you feel about Zach Wilson playing for the New York Jets? Michael Moser on Instagram. In the words of President Iring, mountains to climb. And that was a message that you had, which was, listen, um, it's exciting, it's fun, but uh, there's certainly uh, work to be done for Zach Wilson with that roster. And we talked about it's off-the-field stuff, obviously the noise of New York, but it's also the uh, new front office. And Joe Douglas is a GM, who you mentioned you got to know as a, a scout for the Ravens. And Robert Sala is the new head coach. And Michael Flores, the offensive coordinator. And Greg Knapp as a passing game specialist, who was Steve Young's quarterback coach and offensive coordinator back in the day, too. So there's... There's a, a lot of good, but there's a lot of, uh, you know, questions to be answered. Yeah, I, I love that tweet. There are some mountains to climb because, you know, as awesome it is to go number two overall in the draft and in the notoriety and everything that all the attention that Zach's getting from this, what's far more important is the landing place and the fit and all that. And, and I think it would be tough to find, you know, a, a a handful of other teams that you would rather not go to than the jets. I mean, I would look at Detroit. I wouldn't want to go to Detroit. Um, you know, you got Trevor Lawrence going to, to Jacksonville, which, you know, that isn't the greatest roster there, but you have urban Meyer and some excitement down there. Um, New York has just been so bad from a roster standpoint, from a, from a leadership standpoint, it's, it's, it's a tough place to win. And, and you couple that, like you said, with the scrutiny of being in New York, it might be the most difficult landing spot for Zach, in my opinion, of any other team in this entire draft, because you go to Detroit yeah, and there's no expectations of Detroit. The media isn't as ferocious as, as it is in, in New York city. And uh, you know, they're, they're not ex- expecting much out of their team. And, and, and I think Jacksonville's such a small market They're you know, that's kind of the same, but you go to New York and you're the quarterback for the jets. I mean, there's a lot that goes into that and you're the guy from day one. I mean, they don't have another guy on the roster. You would think at least, okay, maybe they have Sam Darnold and Zach could sit for a year and kind of learn, but he's going to be thrust right into the limelight. He's going to be the starter from day one yep. and, and be the guy. And that is just so difficult uh, to, to make that transition and have to, to, to resurrect a, a franchise that's been in just total despair for decades. I did not feel this way about, uh, the Jets until y- your points here today. So it's even harder <laughs> to, I knew it'd be a challenge, but now I'm like, oh yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, we've all just been kind of ignoring the obvious here. And and the other thing is this, he's going to the dance with the Jets, but the Niners are right there at three. And, that, and that's kind of hard to think about if you're thinking about the long-term success of Zach Wilson and not only a system that would work, but with the staff and a roster that's ready to win now. Like, if Zach Wilson is on the Jets and Zach is at least good, that's a playoff team um, in year one, right? Because they were they had the 12th pick. They've climbed up to three. They're looking to get a quarterback. Reportedly this morning they've trimmed it down to Mac Jones or Trey Lance, which Justin Fields have fallen off a little bit. That's crazy. But it's hard knowing yeah, the Niners are right there. He's the only, That's the only team Zach has identified by name where he felt like he'd really fit. And this was, you know, two months ago when he started talking to him. It's kind of hard to think about the possibility of that. As a Seahawks fan, I don't want Zach Wilson on the Niners because I'm like, no, 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 he's going to be good. They're going to be good. Um, but with yeah. the Jets, yeah, it's, it's tougher. And then the poor Falcons, they send the GM, the head coach, and the OC to Provo. They have no shot at getting Zach. It's two or three with <laughs> yeah, them. They have, they have no, no shot. shot. 
Yeah. And, and what's so difficult about this, because you look at the Niners at three and they have the infrastructure around the quarterback position that will allow you to exceed right away. And I, uh, I think about when I first came into the league and, and it was Joe Flacco's second year, he came into a situation in Baltimore with the new head coach, John Harbaugh, but they had the pieces in place around him. They had a tremendous defense, a top, top, top five defense. They had a great offensive line. They had some weapons on the outside. They maybe needed a couple more outside weapons, but they had the pieces in place and they had a stable, great organization around him. And he came in and I think it was his first five or six seasons. He started from day one as a rookie. He was a first round draft pick. I think 18th overall, he made the playoffs and won a playoff game in his first. It might've even been first seven seasons as a pro that is just so rare, but, but it shows you when you have the pieces in place, when you have that infrastructure around you to help you be successful, you can do it. You can do it from day one as a rookie and, and you can win and you can get to the playoffs and you can win a playoff game and something that's just so difficult to do in the NFL. I mean, shoot, you look at someone like Andy Dalton who went to the playoffs. How many times with, with the Bengals never won a single playoff game yeah. still to this day. And he had a great team around him. And so it's just so, situation is so is so important where you get drafted, who you get drafted to is so critical. And especially at the quarterback position. I mean, look at the, look at the number of quarterbacks who have been a bust over, over the last couple decades. I mean, um, you know, Carr down in, in, in Houston comes to mind first overall pick, but just did not have anything to work with struggled, lost his confidence, you know, a few years later he's out of the league. I mean, there's so many of those stories because they just don't have the help they need to be a young quarterback in this league around them. And it's just, it's hard. So I, I understand I've been a little bit pessimistic on this topic throughout this, this show. Um, but I just feel like I, I know how difficult it is to come into a situation like that. And without, without a great offensive line, without weapons around you, with kind of a, a dysfunction around you, whether you've put some pieces in place or not to stabilize that, it's hard. It's just flat out hard. We've reached the era of QB entitlement where, even if Zach Wilson uh, and Steve Young talked about this and you talked about this, just show flashes, show that it's possible, show that the ceiling is really high, right? Even if, even if there are some dropped passes, right, and or he gets sacked, it's like, can you uh, throw guys open? Can you make good reads? Can you win a game or two that you weren't supposed to? And then, and then hope builds and hopefully pieces come around Zach and then we go from there. But, yeah, you're right. It's going to be an uphill climb. That's the message you're giving is that not that it won't work, but, hey, if it is going to work, it's going to be hard and uh, harder than maybe we think, it, it, which is the message. So Zach Wilson looks like he's going to the Jets on Thursday. Should be a fun week uh, coming up. Oh, and by the way, Gabby Garcia Fernandez, we'll get him on. Uh, can't get him on today. We're going to get him on either tomorrow or later this week. We'll get the national player on uh, BYU Sports Station here. Okay, coming up, who gets the elite voice of the day? And a rise and shout out to a team vying for the natty. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation's Rise and Shoutout is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. BYU Sports Nation is always on demand via the free BYU TV and BYU Radio app. Or download the podcast, just Google BYU Sports Nation Podcast. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show. If you really like Dennis on the show, and many of you do on IMDb, um, you're listed as a, uh, you know, a co-host on the show, which is unbelievable. 
uh, given that you've done which it is right, twice. correct, accurate. You know, twice now, two whole times. Yeah, wow, absolutely. Okay, All right, I, it, that was listed like that before I co-hosted the show. Right, so. right, which was inaccurate in its uh, casting listing. Which was yeah, which was right. Our elite voice of the day is presented by Sundance Mountain Resort. Um, it's it's an elite observation from at BF Webster. Just uh, turned on BYUSN. Is it the last days? Jerem Jordan and Dennis Pitta co-hosting. Oh, jeez. I, I thought we got through this pretty well. I called for a ceasefire. Like many of the uh, yeah. play calls at BYU, you just uh, ignored it and ran through it. But uh, all good, man. Right. You just got to do what you got to do. Listen, I mean, definitely the signs of the times. I mean, the fact that work, I, I promised myself that I would never, well, speak to you for one and to co-host a show with you. I was yeah. under the impression this would be Spencer and I for our 2000th show together. But uh, turns out 2000 show together. You've done one show coming in today. Well, we did a show of those 2000. We did a show together, Spencer and I. Yeah. And I was just, I thought we were going to commemorate that and uh, that this was going to be a special day for us. Yeah. But uh, it, it turned out a bit different. Yeah. Well, so much so that Gabby Garcia Fernandez, I guess, didn't want to even talk to you. So we'll get him on. Didn't want to show. Didn't even want to talk to you. Uh, today's Rise and Shoutouts brought to you by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. How about men's volleyball uh, winning the MPSF championship? Two seed. Congrats to the guys. They play not this week, but next week in the semifinals, probably against Lewis, maybe Penn State. And then track and field. Dennis, two sub four minute mile guys. Are you kidding me? Yeah, that's crazy because I remember a time when running a sub four minute mile was deemed impossible. And now we got two guys on the team currently that are doing that. I mean, that's, that's impressive stuff. People one don't realize mission, how good that is. One a freshman, and then Doug Padilla, three all-time at BYU. Okay, our thanks to today's That's guests, crazy. Matt Bushman, Gabby Garcia-Fernandez, and we did have time. Sorry to Spencer Linton. We did not have time for you. Jer- did we just become best friends? What happened here? No, not a chance. We're oh, not friends. Dang it. The conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSN. For Dennis, I'm Jerem. Shout out to Ed Dixon. See you tomorrow. Go Cougs.